Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Before I take a minute to introduce myself and my co-host, I want to pose a question to all of you listeners right off the bat this morning. Are you one of the millions suffering from a digestion problem? Or maybe for some of you, it's digestion problems with an S. Or what if I asked that question to your neighbor? What would they say? How would your coworker answer? What if I called up your mom this morning and asked her if she has digestion problems? Or what if I asked your brother or your closest friend? How about your teenager? I mean, really, what if I asked just about anyone that question? Are you suffering from digestion problems? We know that a lot of people in this country have digestive issues, some more than others. In fact, digestive problems are the most common complaint in the doctor's office these days. And the statistics say that more than 10 million people experience bloating or gas, constipation or diarrhea or heartburn or any combination of those things on a frequent basis. And maybe you've gone into your doctor with complaints of one or more of these digestive issues. You may have found, unfortunately, that very often the doctor can't find an underlying reason. And oftentimes when the doctor can't find an underlying reason for those digestive issues, he or she will prescribe a medication. But the medication is to deal with the symptoms. That's not really what you want, is it? You want to get to the core of the problem. That medication often is just a Band-Aid that deals with the symptoms and not the root cause. So if you are listening and you're suffering with digestive problems, today's the day to start looking at your diet. What are you putting in your mouth day in and day out that's causing that heartburn or that acid reflux? What are you eating that's giving you constipation, or maybe for some of you it's diarrhea. Here's a little insider's tip. I remember from clinical practice, a lot of people suffering with constipation or diarrhea, there was a link between the wheat bread or the pasta or the cake that they were eating and the constipation or the diarrhea. And the theme there is the gluten. Bread, pasta, cake, cookies, they all contain gluten. And for a lot of people, a gluten sensitivity will lead to either constipation or diarrhea. But a lot of people haven't yet put those puzzle pieces together. So today we're going to address these different digestive problems that I've been mentioning. And as we go through the hour, I want each of you to really give some thoughtful time to thinking about your diet and could there be a link with what you're eating on a regular basis and the digestion problems you're having now longtime listeners know we have done this topic in the past and we will probably continue to repeat it as time goes on because it is a topic that affects so many people but because we have done this topic of digestive issues and the link to foods that you're eating in the past. Today, we're going to give it a new twist. We'll talk a little bit about some food connections, but mostly today we want to look at some different medications, both prescription and over-the-counter, that could be causing your digestive problems. So all that said, I'm going to back up a step and introduce myself. 
My name is Cassie Wienis. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. I have been for the past 23 years. And if you haven't figured it out yet, our topic today is digestive problems. So we'll be talking all things heartburn, constipation, loose stools, gas and bloating, words that embarrass a lot of people. But these are problems that a lot of people suffer from. And so my co-host and I are on air today to provide some solutions. And longtime listeners have probably figured this out already. But whenever the powers that be ask us to center this Dishing Up Nutrition program around digestive issues, I always get asked to host. And I'm not sure that's a compliment, but it's certainly my reality I really understand digestive issues, all the different things we're going to be talking about today. I understand them from a personal level. And of course, since these problems have touched me personally, this topic has become sort of a passion and certainly a focus of mine. So I definitely have a professional researched understanding of digestive health as well. And for any brand new listeners, I'll just let you know that both of my kids were diagnosed with celiac disease over a decade ago. If you're not familiar with that term, celiac is a genetic autoimmune condition that targets the intestinal tract. Around that same time that my kids were diagnosed, I was told I have a non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So in our house, we know full well the huge negative impact that gluten can have on digestive health. Not for everyone, but definitely for a lot of people. And Cassie, I'm just going to jump in here and just say it's so nice to have someone on hosting this topic with such personal experience. I know you and your family have a lot of passion about this. Yes, and certainly it it, it does carry weight when you're somebody that's been through all of this. Definitely. And Cassie, also, if I remember correctly, didn't you also teach a class that was centered on the connection between digestive problems and gluten? Yes, I did. I had the pleasure of teaching our Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way class. I'm glad you brought that up, Cara. It's been a few years back now. My friend and colleague, Mary Haugi and I taught that class and and videotaped that class. Um, and even though it's been a few years back, it's still got a lot of great timely information. And we now have that class up on our website as an online class so that no matter how crazy your schedule or where you live in the world, you have access to the class going gluten-free the healthy way. So you can take it from the comfort of your own home on your own schedule at a time that works for you. So as we go throughout today's Dishing Up Nutrition show, if your intuition tells you that gluten might be playing a role in your heartburn or your constipation, your gas and bloating, please check out this class when you have time. Again, it's up on our website at weightandwellness.com. But all that said, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we're certainly aware that the cause of digestive problems is not always gluten. Everybody is different. There's no one cookie-cutter solution to these issues. So certainly consider gluten as a potential culprit. But today we're going to focus on several other reasons as well as to why you might be having stomach troubles. And to do this, you just heard her voice. Joining me in studio this morning is Kara Carper. 
Kara is a certified nutrition specialist as well as a licensed nutritionist. And I always thoroughly enjoy being in studio with her. So it's good to see your smiling face this morning. It's great to see you in person as well. I know we had a lot of shows that were not in person. So it's nice to right. be back in the studio. So thanks for that introduction. Before, I do want to jump into some reasons that people tend to get acid reflux, which is very common, as we know. Before we do that, just going to give a quick personal story, because you were talking about gluten sensitivity and celiac. Um, Personally, I am sensitive to gluten, and I didn't discover that until I started working for Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Everybody gets a free consult with the owner, Darlene Kavist. And after filling out my 14 pages of health history, I sat down with her and explained that I would have had had a lifelong bout of constipation ever since I was a kid. Just kind of that bloated gut, really dealt with a lot of bloating and constipation. And she said, you need to stop eating gluten, which is a protein found in wheat and barley and some other grains. And I listened to her and, you know, pairing going gluten free with a little bit of gut support, like some probiotics, I was able to get rid of that, which has been amazing. Great story. I did not know. I'm constantly learning new things. How long have I known you? And I didn't (laughs) know that backstory. And just, yeah, people listening that suffer with constipation can all imagine how amazing it would be. To be rid of that because it's uncomfortable. Yes, I think every day I'm thankful every day that yeah. I'm not constipated. I know that's right. a personal topic, but, that, but so that's what we're talking about can today. Relate. So, but now what I would like to do is to address some reasons that people get acid reflux because many people frequently are experiencing this acid reflux or heartburn, and I've noticed that as people get older, heartburn tends to be more of a concern. More and more people are realizing, though, that sugar and especially those food products that are combining sugar and flour really can lead to acid reflux. Maybe right away, but maybe later in the day, maybe when you're laying down trying to sleep at night. So think about the products that have sugar and flour. It might be a donut. It could be a muffin. It could be a plate of pancakes. So those are all things that tend to be, you know, a big culprit when it comes to acid reflux. For a lot of people. And I have a little more to add about that acid reflux, but I think we need to take our first commercial break already. It's flying by. And you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. If you're experiencing any digestive problems Please stay tuned because we have many solutions to overcome not only acid reflux, but bloating, diarrhea, and constipation. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just joining us, I'm Cassie Wienis. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian, and my co-host this morning is Cara Carper. Cara is a certified nutrition specialist and a licensed nutritionist, and our topic today is digestion problems. So if you're listening and you're struggling with a digestive problem, I just want to say up front here, I encourage you to make an appointment with one of the weight and wellness dietitians or nutritionists to get your personal nutrition solution. I mentioned it earlier before break. There's no one cookie cutter solution that works for everybody. So it's just... 
it's best to work one on one and have that person by your side helping you to navigate this. And this talk about digestive issues, it takes me back to when I was in clinical practice. I had many clients that would come in and they had been on some type of a heartburn medication for 10, 12 years and thought this was just something they'd have to do forever. But then they started suffering from the bad side effects of that medication. Or I remember the lady that came in and she had had diarrhea for 13 years and her doctor told her it was just her normal. That that was just the way it was going to be. Wow, it does not have to be that way. No, and we know that diarrhea is not normal, right? And there is a solution. So again, consider making an appointment with a dietitian or a nutritionist at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Yes, you might have to give up gluten as Cara was asked to do, or you might have to give up cow's milk. But I'll tell you, it's so much better than having to worry about where every single bathroom is every time you're out and about. So if you're interested, you can go to our website at weightandwellness.com and make an appointment there. Or you can call the office at 651-699-3438. So when we went to break, Cara was mentioning that for a lot of people, foods that contain both sugar and flour can bring on that reflux. So she mentioned things like pancakes, muffins, you know, granola bars, it could even be. Also, I've had many people tell me over the years that they notice fast food meals will cause the acid reflux to rear its head. So is that a connection for some of you? Or how about alcohol? Did you have some family gathering recently that was a big celebration and you had a couple of glasses of wine and then you went to bed and noticed you had terrible acid reflux or maybe it was a couple of beers or a couple of cocktails for a lot of people that alcohol causes acid reflux. Maybe for some of you, it's the cookies and milk that you've been indulging in at bedtime that's causing the acid reflux during the night. I've had a lot of guys confess to me over the years that it's beer and pizza that always brings on the heartburn. And not that it has to be a guy, but those are just my memories of you know, more more of the males doing the beer and pizza thing and then suffering with the heartburn. But what we want to focus on, too, today is medications. And that might be, might be new information for some of you that certain medications can lead to heartburn and other digestive problems. So if you're experiencing that acid reflux and you just recently started a new medication, maybe there's a link. That's right. And we understand that many people need more medications as they're getting older. So we want to take a look at a few medications specifically that are known to cause acid reflux and sometimes even injury to the esophagus. Now, if you need to take a certain medication for your health, we understand that, first of all, we're not telling you to stop taking the medications. But we also believe that it would be helpful for you to all know what to eat, when to eat it, to help prevent some of the digestive issues that might come along with taking the medication. And Cassie and I and everybody at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we also know that certain supplements help support good digestion and they can prevent things like acid reflux or stomach upset. It often surprises clients that as nutritionists and dietitians, we can help clients 
to be able to take some of these medications that are hard on the gut and then they don't get those uncomfortable side effects. For example, you know, if you live on this earth long enough, you you will likely need a prescription antibiotic at some point in time to treat an infection or or maybe because you're going into surgery. And as you might already know, antibiotics, some of them can lead to acid reflux. Some of the antibiotics cause diarrhea. And many of us females are all too aware that antibiotics can sometimes lead to vaginal yeast infections. And in preparing for today's show and reading through the literature, I was reminded of an older antibiotic that's pretty well known for its potential to cause heartburn or acid reflux, and that's doxycycline. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that particular antibiotic. It it was often, maybe it still is, but I know it was often prescribed in the past for acne or for rosacea. I've even heard of it being prescribed sometimes for Lyme's disease. But this antibiotic for a lot of people can cause stomach upset and it can be really irritating to the esophagus. And if you irritate that delicate tissue in the esophagus, heartburn and pain often follows. If you're not real familiar with anatomy, I should just back up too and say that the esophagus is the tube that runs from your throat to your stomach. And if that becomes irritated, that's where you feel that heartburn, that pain from the acid reflux. Talking about all this acid reflux is taking me back to when my oldest was a baby. And I know some of you will remember this story. For him, it wasn't medication that was causing that irritation to his esophagus and and thus the pain of acid reflux, but it was gluten. But it took us a long time to figure that out. And in the interim, there were a lot of sleepless nights for both him and I, and it was it was really painful for him. It was painful for me as his mom to see him suffering. And it was interesting earlier in the week. Um, I I was looking for some documents, so I was going through the files. I I had to get my license renewed, so I had to find some certain documents. And I came across one of Riley's files from when he was a baby. And I want to tell you a little bit about what I found in there that I had forgotten as it relates to acid reflux. But first, we're already up against another commercial. That's right. We are, and we'll make it fast, but you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have a chronic disease, maybe MS, diabetes, obesity, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoporosis, cancer, even fibromyalgia, it might surprise you to learn that you really need to focus on food eating better quality food, and often more food to heal. I typically suggest eating at least four times per day. And those meals should consist of three to four ounces of protein, one to two cups of vegetables, and perhaps sauteed in a healthy fat like butter, avocado oil, or coconut oil. So for healing and for more energy, avoid processed foods. Do you need a real food and supplement plan? You can call our office at 651-699-3438. Set up a series of appointments to get you on track and feeling better. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before we get back into our topic and I share my little story about uh, Riley as a baby and his acid reflux, I have this success story that I brought along today that I really want to share. So I want to take you back 
about 15 years, we had a client come to us named Jamie. She made an appointment because she wanted to learn how to eat better, in large part to have good quality of life because she had just been diagnosed at that time with a serious heart condition and she was told that she had a limited life expectancy. This turns out to be an amazing outcome. With the help of her mom and a caregiver, Jamie drastically changed her eating habits. She gave up all sugar. She gave up most all processed carbs. Fast forward 15 years, and now Jamie no longer has a heart condition. It is just a phenomenal story. And recently, within the past couple of years, Jamie came back to see us just to sort of tweak things. And at that time, she admitted that she still had kept one bad nutrition habit over the years, and that was to always take a frozen meal to work for lunch. But when she came back to us three years ago or so for a little tweaking, she decided to even give up that frozen meal, and she started packing real food for lunch. And she made a couple of other good tweaks to her meal plan and and her lifestyle. And in these past three years, she's lost 30 pounds. And she actually said to us that at work, she's considered one of the healthiest people there, which certainly made all of us at Nutritional Weight and Wellness smile. And when we asked her, why, why did you really come back? You know, you were doing so good. Your heart condition is gone. What made you come back to nutritional weight and wellness after 15 years. And she said, well, it's because I knew I was going to be turning 50 soon. And I just wanted to make sure that I was eating in a way that will avoid heart disease and Alzheimer's and diabetes. I just want to have great quality of life as I age. So I just wanted to share that beautiful, amazing story. And I think it really, really exemplifies the power of nutrition and jamie if you're listening we at nutritional weight and wellness are all so very proud of your accomplishments and how smart to be thinking proactively like she beat the heart disease diagnosis and now she's thinking ahead to prevent all too common things like alzheimer's Exactly. I wish everybody would think more proactively. We would all be happier and healthier. So when we went to break, um, I was mentioning that I came across this old baby file. Um, My husband's probably shaking his head right now because I tend to not throw things away. So I still had this file from when Riley was a baby. And a lot of it was like, like vaccination records and height and weight charts and things. But there was a bright yellow piece of paper in there. And I pulled it out, and on on the top I had written questions to ask doctor at Riley's six-month checkup. And I was just skimming through my questions, and one of them was, can I put Riley in his crib at night and take him out of his car seat? I had totally forgotten that Riley slept in his car seat until he was almost a year old. Because, okay, we don't have enough time to go into his deep story here. I'm not going to do a deep dive, but you've done it on other shows. I've though. done I it mean, on other shows. Listen to you on another show to yes. hear that story because it's a good one. It is. It, it is because I know it can help a lot of people, but Riley was on a lot of different prescription medications before he was even one, just trying to figure out his acid reflux. Keep in mind, this was way before I found uh nutritional weight and wellness. So I didn't know the natural approach. 
but those prescription meds were not working. And so another thing we were doing was trying to get the help of gravity. And so we were having him sleep in his car seat. So anyway, it just, it really took me back. The, the good news here is that once we figured out the gluten connection to Riley's acid reflux and we got the gluten out and for him, we also had to get out cow's milk, cheese, ice cream, anything made from cow's milk. When we got out those things, his acid reflux went away 100%. So worth it. And then he could get away from sleeping in that car seat. I actually do remember you talking about that way back. So, Cassie, another very common antibiotic, you were talking about doxycycline. Another common one that can cause heartburn is tetracycline. This antibiotic or, you know, other antibiotics as well, Of course, they might be very important to take for certain health issues, certain infections. But people really need help, I think, in knowing how to protect their esophagus and their stomach when they do need to go on antibiotics. So what antibiotics do, if you're not familiar with that, is they help the body to get rid of a bad bacteria. Unfortunately, at the same time, antibiotics destroy the good bacteria that is very, very necessary for so many things, including immune system. We really need the good bacteria to help with digestion. So when you lack enough of the good bacteria, the good guys, you might experience things like gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, heartburn. You might be experiencing all of those things. Right. So let's connect the dots here in in terms of what we're really trying to say as dietitians, as nutritionists, we find that when we help clients take the right probiotic supplement, or sometimes it's more than one probiotic supplement, so I should put an S on the end. When we help them take those probiotic supplements in the right amounts, generally people can take their full course of antibiotics without digestive issues. And let's just be upfront here and let listeners know it's pretty common for people who are taking an antibiotic to need a couple of different types of probiotics taken several different times a day. And, you know, there are a lot of myths when it comes to taking probiotics simultaneously while taking an antibiotic. I think the biggest overall myth is that people just shouldn't do it. Um, almost like they cancel each other out or something. So that is actually far from the truth. It's very important to take a probiotic at the same, not the same, like exact Exact same time, time, but throughout the day or the night when you're taking that antibiotic. Right. Separate the antibiotic and the probiotic, right? So the antibiotic doesn't just kill the good bugs in the probiotic. But like you said, Kari, it's important to take that probiotic supplement to help protect the lining of your stomach and your intestinal tract. So one really important thing to do is, you know, take the probiotic separate away from taking the antibiotic. But the good news about the probiotic is that it actually increases the effectiveness of the antibiotic. And at the same time, it's protecting the intestinal tract and the stomach. And so there's a lot of different factors when taking an antibiotic. Sometimes it can be very helpful to work with a nutritionist or a dietitian because it might depend on the dose of your antibiotic, the frequency, 
what type of probiotic and the dosing that you need for that. Um, and I just also want to throw in a couple more benefits of taking a probiotic um, during the course of an antibiotic because 70, at least 70% of our immune system is located in the gut, but we need good bacteria for our immune system to thrive. So think about someone who needs an antibiotic. Likely they have some kind of an infection, a bad bacteria. Taking a probiotic can really bump up that immune system. And then people aren't getting the digestive concerns and they're able to complete the round of antibiotic. Because I hear that a lot where people are like, I cannot handle these stomach issues and it makes them want to stop taking the antibiotic. So scary. Yeah. So you're less likely to have those side effects from the antibiotics if you're taking a probiotic as well. Very important, those probiotics. And I like that you mentioned it's often really helpful to work with a nutritionist or a dietitian, like one of those at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'll just put that little plug in there. But it's really helpful because everybody's different. And like you said, depending on how harsh your antibiotic is, how long you have to take it, there's so many different factors. And we've seen it time and again that the clients who are on that antibiotic and working individually with one of our dietitians or nutritionists, they tend to have the least amount of digestive issues, if any at all. But I will say that when we talk in generalities, one thing that we do recommend in general for pretty much anyone taking a round of antibiotics is to take that antibiotic with at least eight ounces of water. And in addition to that, I often suggest that people drink at least 10 eight ounce glasses of water throughout the day. And if you're not necessarily feeling your best, maybe it would be helpful to sip on some herbal tea throughout the day. That can be kind of soothing and that would count as water. So just an idea I'll throw out there. Also, it's good to be eating real food. Get the processed foods out. Foods that come from a processing plant are processed foods, right? The bread, the bagels, the pasta, the crackers. Get back to real food, things you could grow in your garden, pick from a tree, raise on a farm. And I agree wholeheartedly with what Kara said earlier. Try to eat at least four times a day. So real food at least four times a day. And you want to balance out your plate. So don't just eat carbs or don't just eat Protein, you want to get it all together. So some protein, some vegetable carbs, and some healthy fat. So when we talk about real protein, just to remind you, it's things like steak, chicken, hamburgers, salmon, preferably these types of meats raised without hormones. Get organic vegetables several cups a day. And then avoid the bad fats. Avoid the soybean oil, the corn oil, the cottonseed oil, the canola oil, those can be very irritating to the sensitive tissue of your digestive tract. But at the same time, as you're avoiding those, be sure that you're adding in healthy fats with every meal and health and every snack. Healthy fats like unrefined coconut oil, olive oil, butter, olives, avocados. There are so many delicious choices out there. And then again, if I'm just talking in generalities, Take a bifidobacteria supplement before each meal. If you're going to do the powder, which is the kind that I prefer, 
do a half of a teaspoon if we're talking about an adult dosage, a half of a teaspoon before breakfast, half teaspoon before lunch, half teaspoon before dinner. And then most people find it's really helpful to take acidophilus. That's another type of probiotic at bedtime, especially if you're struggling with heartburn. A half of a teaspoon of acidophilus at bedtime. So again, so important to replenish these good bacteria that can get killed off from the antibiotics. And I know we said it's best to meet with a nutritionist or dietitian to get a specific protocol, but you really can't go wrong with that bifido before each meal and the acidophilus before bed. That's kind of a great general protocol that would be safe for just about anybody. So we're going to go to break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If your bone density results were not as good as you would like them to be, perhaps your doctor has warned you, you know, about getting serious about preventing a broken bone. Well, a great prevention plan is eating real protein, vegetable carbohydrates, and natural healthy beneficial fats. In addition to that, add in a high quality bone building product. It's called Key Osteo Plus at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And now through the end of September, you can save 15% on all calcium and bone building supplements, including that Key Osteo Plus. You can go to our website and order online, weightandwellness.com, or you can call 651-699-3438. Place your order for a, a pickup at any one of our six office locations. You can also have it mailed to you at no charge, which is just amazing. And you can order any of those supplements that we have mentioned throughout today's show in all of those three different ways. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before we jump back into our topic of digestive problems, I just want to share a couple of facts about a subject I'm well versed in, and that is, you guessed it, gluten. Here's one fact that a lot of people I don't think are aware of. Neuropathy is one of the top 10 most common symptoms of a gluten sensitivity. So do you have neuropathy that is unexplained? And neuropathy is that tingling or numbness in your hands and feet. Maybe it's the gluten that you're eating. Another gluten-related fact, if you or a loved one has celiac, even the smallest crumb from a cookie or a slice of bread or a piece of cake, that's enough to cause inflammation and damage to the small intestine if that person with celiac gets that crumb on their food. And this could happen by preparing your food in the same kitchen as somebody that's eating gluten. It could happen if you use the same toaster that toasted regular wheat bread. It could happen if someone in your house is spreading peanut butter on their toast and then dipping that knife that touched the wheat toast back into the peanut butter jar. And then if you come along and you have celiac and you you use the same jar of peanut butter, the odds are you'll get a crumb of that gluten-containing bread onto your food and then that damage to your intestinal tract ensues. So that is really great information, especially for people that already know they have celiac and may not know. And great information information. for family members to really realize this is serious. Mm -hmm. And if if your grandson or granddaughter has celiac and they're coming to visit. Good point. It's nothing to mess around with. kitchen clean. Not at all. You know, and also I think before we jump back into topic here, I wanted to be sure to mention today 
the the newest class that our chef Marianne is going to be teaching virtually. She has just great classes, and I want to make sure everybody's aware. So the next one she has coming up is titled Cooking Brain-Healthy Foods, and Marianne is going to be teaching it live in a Zoom format this Tuesday, September 28th at noon, and then again Thursday, September 30th at 6 p.m. The Thursday one is 6 p.m. Central Time. So if you want to dive into your kitchen with our expert Marianne at your side in a virtual format, of course, she's going to teach you how to make some delicious dishes that can nourish your brain for a better memory, for better learning, regardless of your age. So if you want to sign up, you can go to our website at weightandwellness.com or you can call the office at 651-699-3438. So good. Who wouldn't want to do that in the comfort of their own home? Yes. Just kick back with a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. And she's such a great Sounds teacher. Great. So another over-the-counter medication, we're talking a lot about medications today that can cause stress on our intestinal tract. Another one that a lot of people take for stroke prevention, and they typically take it every day, is aspirin. Now, there can be some risks with that. Now, if you do need to take a daily aspirin, we want to explain how you can protect your esophagus and your stomach lining. First of all, always eat. Always eat before taking aspirin. Never take aspirin on an empty stomach. And that meal or even a snack really needs to have some natural beneficial fat. Natural fat, it's kind of, think of it like a lubricant. It helps to protect our sensitive tissues like the esophagus and the gut lining. It helps to produce something called prostaglandins, which are anti-inflammatory. And of course, just like we've been mentioning throughout the show, if you're, if you need to take that daily aspirin, make sure you're taking some bifido, which is a probiotic strain and also acidophilus before bed. Great advice. So we've talked about antibiotics. We've talked about that daily aspirin. How about this, Cara? How about if you are a person, I have several of them in my life, that has a lot of pain on a daily basis, and so daily you're taking several non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. We call them NSAIDs for short. It's things like ibuprofen, Motrin, Advil, Aleve. What did you do then? Yeah, I, this is a this is a great one because I think this is even more common than the antibiotics or the aspirin. So habitual prolonged use of these NSAIDs, these anti-inflammatories such as ibuprofen, can cause severe damage to the esophagus and stomach lining. If you're in pain, first of all, we completely understand that you would want relief. I have taken these medications. Um, You know, nobody wants to be in pain, whether it's acute or chronic. But we do have a better option that won't damage the stomach lining or give you heartburn. We have a wonderful product. It's a natural anti-inflammatory supplement. It's called Caprex, spelled K-A-P-R-E-X. The main anti-inflammatory ingredient in Caprex comes from a plant, the hops plant. It helps many people to deal with their pain and inflammation naturally. And I typically recommend taking at least two gel caps per day. Um, To be honest, with that more stronger pain, four gel caps per day would work better. Yes, yeah. 
Yeah, that would not be uncommon for gel caps of Caprex. I love that product. I always keep a small bottle in my cupboard, and it's my first go-to if I get a headache. I mean, think about that. How, how great to have a, an option for an anti-inflammatory that's not doing anything negative to the gut. Yeah, no negative side effects. But let's get back to those over-the-counter anti-inflammatories that you mentioned earlier, the ibuprofen, the Advil, because we do know that some people are taking them on a daily basis and and maybe aren't ready to give that up yet. So uh, remember, always take those with food, just like we said with the aspirin, and be sure you're taking the bifido probiotic to help protect, protect the lining of the digestive tract, usually... Um, Two to three capsules before each meal is good there. With the anti-inflammatory medications, we typically recommend that you really up that dophilus powder at bedtime. So maybe start with a half of a teaspoon, but then work up to two to three teaspoons nightly of that dophilus powder. So we are getting to the end of our show, but one medication we haven't talked about yet is uh, medications for osteoporosis. A lot of people are taking this to, for their bones. They also, many of our clients who are taking these complain. They complain of heartburn or diarrhea. It's very well known that some side effects of these medications can also be damaging to the esophagus. Literally, there can be a narrowing of the esophagus, which often results in chest pain and difficulty swallowing. And certainly we know the importance of maintaining strong, healthy bones, but at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we take a nutrition approach, and I feel like we take sort of a three-pronged approach, and here's what I mean. First of all, you want to be sure you're getting plenty of protein. You need animal protein for strong, healthy bones. We generally recommend that most adults get 12 to 14 ounces across an entire day, so you're splitting that up into small servings several times a day. Second part of that three-pronged approach is to eat a lot of vegetables because our bones are made up of so much more than just calcium. So when you're eating a variety of different vegetables throughout the day, you're getting a variety of different nutrients for strong bones. And then the third piece, strong bones need healthy fats and healthy oils. These healthy fats and oils actually are what makes up the mesh that runs down the center of all of our bones. And we need that mesh intact for the minerals like the calcium, the magnesium, the phosphorus to attach to. So that's very important, those healthy fats for building strong, strong and flexible bones. That's important yes. too. It's so interesting how we need healthy fat so much for the bones. And I had mentioned that Key Osteo Plus as well, which is very important. That's a great, so great product. Well, we've come to the end of our show, and our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. Thank you for joining us, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.